Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. Thank you for choosing to come and worship with us this morning. We are so glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you. And if you are a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, uh, we would love to have a record of your attendance. So if you could, um, if you could uh, fill out a visitor card that are in the pews in front of you and drop one in the offering box, that would be very just appreciative, just so we can get to know you a little better. Uh, a few announcements as we go into this week, and I'm going to turn it over to Artie. Um, don't forget we have our Christmas play practice at 5.30 on Wednesday, and uh, I've been feeding a small, a, a light meal after the Christmas play practice for the kids and adults who were there, and then we start our Bible study for our youth and our children's services at 6.30 down in the building, and then up here, our adults. Um, Thursday, uh, we won't have a work day, we got some things that can be done, uh, it says, a, it says a Baptist men's work day is what they always call it, but hey, you, anybody can come out. Men, women, whoever wants to come out and, and work and be around and just help out and get some of these projects around the church done will be greatly appreciated. Um, October the 29th, um, do not forget we have our trunk or treat that night. Um, if you want to sign up for a trunk, um, you, you can talk to me, but if you don't talk to me about signing up for a trunk and you and that day you say, you know what, I think I want to go set up a trunk. Don't let that stop you. Come on out, set up a trunk. It's an opportunity for us to witness to uh, people in our neighborhood, people around us who may not step foot on a uh, church property the rest of the year. It gives us an opportunity to share the gospel with them just by the way we smile at them and talk to them and just love our community. Um, November the 5th is our breakfast coming up. Don't forget about that. Um, I think the only other thing that I was going to announce was uh, there is a Christmas tree in the back and it has, I'm not sure what's on it. I was told to get something out. Do what? I know, but I was told to get something. What's on the ornaments? Something for Samaritan's Purse. That's what I thought. I was just, I was told, somebody said, come and announce, get two ornaments off the, or get an ornament off the Christmas tree when you leave. I didn't know what that meant. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. But no, there are things you can get for Samaritan's Purse there. Also, uh, last week we had challenged everyone to do two shoe boxes if you can. Um, we, uh, you can grab those shoe boxes out here. And uh, we are going, and that along with what we pack on for our youth and children, which is now on the the November the ninth, we're going to be packing shoe boxes um, here with our youth and children. So that'll be fun. So uh, just at this time, I just, I'm going to turn it over to Artie. I just invite you to turn your hearts toward him, this, toward God this morning, and let's focus on him. Along, <clears throat> excuse me, along with that, um, there is a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board. We are going to the distribution center for Operation Christmas Child in Boone. On December 6th, there's sign up sheet, or sign up sheet on the bulletin board out there. If you would like to go with us, um, just sign your name up and Joy will take care of the rest and you'll get an email from Samaritan's Purse 
about completing their paperwork. But um, just sign that up. If you've never been, it is a great opportunity. It is amazing how they have things set up and how much gets done. We've actually been up there twice, I think, and we closed down the place. We packed the very last shoebox that they had in the shipping containers. And you talk about a celebration after that happens, it's a big time. So I encourage you, if you're, if you're able to, to come do that with us. Um, as we have done the last several weeks, I might ask you that if you're able to, to go ahead and join us at the front as we go to the Lord in prayer. Um, we are under a season of uh, spiritual attack. Our families are being attacked left and right in different forms. Um, our church is being attacked, and we want to remain faithful. And as Scripture tells us, if God is for us, no one can stand against us. And we want to claim that today and continue to claim that. So as we begin to pray, if you would come forward, if you're able to or would like to, and join us here at the front so that we can seek God together in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you gathered together in one accord. Dear Lord, we know because of your promise in Scripture that you are here with us because we are gathered together in your name. And as your children, we seek your face today. Dear Lord, it is such a privilege to come before you, to come through the veil that was torn into your very presence. And dear Lord, we ask you right now that you bind Satan from this place, bind Satan from our lives so that we may truly understand what it means to be a disciple of Christ, that you strengthen our faith, dear Lord, that you challenge us through your words. And dear Lord, above all, that you draw us closer and closer to you. Dear Lord, you ask us to, to give from our hearts. Dear Lord, we ask that you allow us to do that, that we sacrificially give to you through our times, our energy, our, our money, our talents. Not because you command us to, dear Lord, but because we want to, because we love you so much. Dear Lord, we thank you for the grace and the mercy that we see through the cross, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, we thank you for salvation. And as we worship you today, dear Lord, may you take over this service. May your spirit lead us that we may be able to worship you fully. Dear Lord, we pray that everything that is done and said today, from, from what our, I say <clears throat> to what Chad says, to what Sandra says, to what the choir sings, to the thoughts that just for this short hour that you keep us fully focused on you and that you receive all the honor and glory for it and dear lord above all may a life be changed today because of the gospel of jesus christ may what is lost be found 
and may a soul be renewed. We ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior. Amen. Before you sit down, <laughs> would you stand as we sing our hymn of praise, 547, I Stand Amazed in the Presence, but I would like to remind you we will be having a short business meeting right after our service this morning. Page 547. <laughs> my microphone this week. Can I get all the kids to come down this morning for our children's sermon? Thomas, I got a few coming. Coming? All right, well, it looks like it's just Thomas made his way down. Everybody else thinks they're too big. Everybody's getting big. Oh, up comes one more. Guys, we have been talking about in children's church for the past couple of weeks that we've had children's church with this new study we've been doing. We've been talking about family, right? You guys remember talking about family? Well, we're going to continue to talk about family today. And we are working on a Bible verse. We started working on it. Um, it's Proverbs 17, 17. And it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Well, today, as I got a question. Who thinks they know a lot? You raise your hand if you think you know a lot. I think I know a lot. I like to go out and I like to make my own decisions and do my own thing sometimes and just try to try to take care of everything by myself. And if somebody tells me something around me, I might listen to it, but then I say, oh, you know what, I'm going to keep doing it this way. Has that ever happened to you? It's never happened to you, Peyton? Not me. Never happened to you either, Thomas? Has that ever happened to you? Somebody tells you to do something and you say, you listen to them and you think, well, I'm just going to keep doing it my way. Right? 
Well, today we're going to be talking about Moses. And Moses was going out and he was trying to get a lot of things done. He was trying to take care of a lot of things by himself because God picked him to be the leader of the Israelites, right? And so if somebody picks you to be a leader or something, you, what are you going to do? You're going to lead. You're going to go out and you're going to make choices. Well, while they were out, while, while they were out on their journeys, because they're walking through, uh, they're, they're on this travel and they're on this trip to the promised land that God gave them. Well, they came by and they met some of Moses' family. They met a guy named Jethro. Well, Jethro, when they saw Jethro, Jethro gave Moses some advice. And after thinking about it, Moses followed Jethro's advice. And he decided that he was going to do that. And guess what? It made his life so much easier. What I want you to know is God gives us family for a reason. God gives us your older people in your family, your mom, your dad, your aunts and uncles. He gives you, even as adults, Mr. Artie, is it easy to listen to your parents? Uh, easy to listen to adults that are older than you? Or you want to do things yourself, right? Even as adults, it's hard for us to listen and take advice to people. But God gives us family and puts people in our lives to help us along the way. And this is what Moses did. And this is what we're going to talk about when we go to Children's Church. So all I want to challenge you guys to do is to really, really listen when the adults and your family tries to give you advice. Because I promise you, it may not sound like good advice now, but God puts those people in your life for a reason. And most of the time, if they're doing, if you're listening to God and you're listening to that person, they'll put you on the right track. And, and, and it's all because God gives us family to help us out. Isn't that awesome? Let's bow our heads. We're going to thank God for family, and we're going to sit right there, okay? God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the family that you give us. Lord, help us to open our ears and open our minds to words of wisdom and advice that our family may have for us along, the, along our journey to serve you. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The theme for the North Carolina Baptist this year is Relief for Today and Hope for Tomorrow. North Carolina's goal this year for the state missions is $2.1 million. For Crestview, our goal is $2,000. As of today, we have raised $307. Baptist men and women are being mobilized as we speak to the coasts of North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida to provide relief for, from the disaster and devastation of Hurricane Ian. Total flood and wind losses have ranged over $100 billion, and there were over 100 deaths. Help goes to preparing 30,000 meals each day. This also helps for showers, laundry, recovery, medical, communications, mud outs, tear outs, chainsaw work, cleanup work, and ministry. So I know a lot of times we just forget uh, about this extra offering. So while the choir sings this song that was written from the devastation after Katrina, we will sing it this morning. And I've got three kids that are going to be up here with offering plates. And as the choir sings, Maybe you've already given 
would you mind reaching into your pockets or your wallets and just getting your coins out? Um, we've, we've got a lot of money to raise yet, and we will be doing this until the end of the month. So as the choir sings, or you can just start right now, if you'll come and make a donation from our church.
Thank you, choir. Trey, go back to that picture for a second. Look at that. <clears throat> Title of my sermon today is Jesus Calms the Storms. And looking at that picture of those three men gathered around that cross in the middle of all that devastation sort of reminds me of something that we saw after 9-11. You guys remember the, the picture where the firemen were kneeled down praying in front of a cross made out of steel girders from the Trade Center? You remember that picture? It comes up every year. In the midst of that devastation, who alone stands strong? Nobody but Jesus Christ. So we need to realize this, that Jesus calms the storms. So as we go into this, thank you, Trey, you can go ahead. Um, I want you to turn to your, in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look through verses 35 through 41. And there's some things that I want to, you to realize as we read this. Just a few short verses before was when Jesus called His twelve disciples. When He ran around and handpicked the ones to follow Him that He was going to pour into over the next three and a half years. The ones that He spent every waking moment and every sleeping moment with. That lived with Him. That he was training. This happened right after that. Right after they came face to face with Jesus Christ. So if you would turn to Mark chapter 4, and if you would stand as I read this, verses 35 through 41. And on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the multitude, they took him along with them, just as he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. And he himself was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who is this? that even the wind and the sea obey Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for the reading of Your Word. Speak through me today so that we may understand that You control everything. That even in the midst of the storms, You are still there. And You alone have the authority, the power, to calm the storms in our lives. 
Bless us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. There are two facts that we need to understand about storms in our lives. And we have to understand these to understand what Jesus does. The first thing is this. Look, well, actually, look at verses 35 through 37 again. On that day when evening they came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd. They took him along with them in the boat, just as he was. What does that, that next say? And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind and waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. First thing that we need to understand is that storms come out of nowhere. You see the Sea of Galilee where they were. It's notorious for these bad windstorms and thunderstorms to come up out of nowhere. But storms in our lives. We can plan for them. We can be prepared for them. But we never know when they're going to hit. And they never hit exactly when you're ready for them. But they come up out of nowhere. They blindside you. And they throw you for a loop. But they come up out of nowhere. Even though you're planned for them. You ever notice that whenever we plan for stuff, what God allows to happen is something that we are, can't, we, are, we are not, even though we are prepared for it, we're not prepared for it? Think about it. You can have savings, you can have insurance, you can have everything, and you're still not ready for when that storm shows up. The second thing that we need to realize about these, these facts about the storms is that everyone experiences storms in their lives. If anybody ever tells you they've never had any trouble, any time of difficulty, no storms in their life, and everything's going great, I'm going to tell you something. Don't believe a word they say because they're lying. Everybody experiences them. I'm not talking about everybody has, has financial storms in their lives. Everybody has, has marital storms in their lives. Everybody has, has uh, 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 physical storms in their lives. We all deal with it. I'm not talking about financial... If you run out of money and you can't afford to pay your rent because you're paying your kids to do every other special event there is and they're in travel ball and everything else, that's not a storm. That is poor preparation on your part. I'm talking about a storm is when you lose your job and your wife is seven months pregnant. That's a storm. Or you end up disabled because of COVID and you can't go back to work and your work doesn't, is not going to pay anything else on you. That's a storm. Or when you come home and your husband says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. That's a storm. 
Or you get a call at 5 o'clock in the morning telling you that your husband or wife has passed away. That's a storm. Everybody experiences those. We lost Marty. We, we knew it was coming, didn't we, Ruth? We lost Melinda. We knew it was coming. We lost Bruce. We lost CJ or, or JC. We lost Don. Some of those we had no idea was coming. It just hit. But the pain and the agony and the suffering through that storm is still the same. We all experience it. But I want to tell you something. And this verse is not in here. This, this is free. Sometimes we're in the midst of the storm. And people share Scripture with you. Especially when it's a storm of your own making. You don't want to hear the truth. But I want you to notice, skip down and look at this. Look at verse 40. It's not on this screen. It's not going to be there. This is, this is just a little side note. How did Jesus respond to His disciples? After He calmed the storm, He looked at them. Now remember, He had just called them. They had not spent a whole lot of time with Jesus. They are new converts. And look how He responds to them when they come and say, He tells them, tells, He quiets the storm. He says, Why are you so timid? I think the King James Version says, Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith or have so little faith? When you share the Word of God with somebody in the midst of a storm that they have created themselves and they don't want to hear the truth, don't be surprised when they get mad at you. Or they think that you're being too harsh with them. Because here Jesus is basically telling, telling His disciples, you bunch of chickens, why don't you believe in Me? Why don't you trust Me? That's what He's saying to them. These are brand new converts. And I want to share this to you, with you also. Is that this, along with everything else that Jesus ever said to His disciples, remember He told, he told Peter one time to get behind Me, Satan. He literally called him Satan. All of these things. They didn't understand what Jesus was trying to teach them until after the resurrection. And that's when it started clicking with them. All the things in the previous three years that Jesus had said to them and told them, they didn't understand any of it until the resurrection. And it really didn't click until after the ascension in Acts chapter 1 
where he tells them that you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Now go and wait for what's been promised. It didn't really click with them wholeheartedly until after they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And then they understood completely and had total faith in Jesus Christ because they understood. Church, when we have a storm, we need to understand that Jesus is still in control. And He's going to still be true to His promises. He is not going to change. He's not going to be blown to and fro from those winds and those waves like we are. And you remember the story of how Peter walked in the water. They were out in the middle of the ocean on the, on the sea again, the Sea of Galilee. And they were out in the middle of the water and, the, and it was dark and it was windy and it was wavy and it was, you know, they were, it, it was rough seas. And they look out and see somebody walking across on top of the waves. And they thought it was a ghost. And Jesus says, fear not, it is I. And, Jesus, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there with you. And he says, come on. And Peter climbs down out of that boat. He starts walking. And I'm sure Peter's like, ha, 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 look what I'm doing. And then Peter started taking his eyes off of Jesus, started noticing those waves flapping around his knees. He started noticing the wind blowing to and fro. And the moment he took his eyes and his concentration off of Jesus, that storm showed up in his life and it became very real. And what did he start doing? He started sinking. And who did he cry out to? when he started sinking. I can imagine Jesus waited until he got right up to here. Because Peter was hard-headed. Peter must have been Baptist because he was hard-headed. He, I'm sure Jesus waited until he got right down here and G, just as he was about to go under, Jesus reached down and pulled him up. And as he pulled him up, they walked back to the boat hand in hand. And I guarantee you, Peter didn't take his eyes off Jesus. And then when they climbed in the boat, he said basically the same thing. Oh, ye of little faith. Who was he talking to? Was he talking to Peter? Or was he talking to the ones that stayed in the boat and didn't get out in the storm? He's talking both of them. That was a rabbit I chased, so... But that's the truth. Jesus wants us to trust Him. Now here's four ways Jesus calms the storms in our lives. Look at verses 38-41. through 41. Jesus Himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Storms don't matter to Jesus. He's 100% God. He's the Creator of all things. There's nothing happens without His say-so. John 1 tells us that. There is nothing that's made that was made without Him. He was asleep on a cushion. I can imagine he's sitting there going, oh, this is nice. And he just rocked him to sleep. And they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I can imagine here, here you know, Jew, Jewish people are not known for their calm demeanor. 
You know the scenes in the Bible where they're upset and they're throwing dust in the air and ripping their clothes and just a big brouhaha. I can imagine he goes, Jesus, Jesus, we're dying! And you don't care, you're asleep! I can imagine that. I really can. And it says, and he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. Now I've got to ask you guys this question. Those of you that have had children, those of you that have had multiple children that like to argue, fuss, and fight, How many times you've been trying to take a nap on a Sunday afternoon and you get woke up by your kids being rowdy? And you wake up and you look, you, will you guys be quiet? I'm trying to take a nap. I know that I am not the only one that's ever done that. I think some grandparents have done that too, haven't, haven't they, Brooklyn? Maybe. <laughs> I can imagine that. I, can, I mean, they're here, here they're waking up Jesus. And He rebukes the wind and the sea. And He says, y'all hush up. And they did. It calmed down. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey? They fully didn't understand who Jesus was. They didn't fully understand what He had called them to. But the first thing that we need to understand is that Jesus is with us in the storms of life. And those verses, that whole passage that we read, not just this one boat, but there were other boats with them. And who was with them during that whole thing? Jesus. Look at Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We need to realize that Jesus is with us. In the middle of that storm, he is with us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One of my favorite stories. I got a lot of favorite stories in the Bible. One of my favorite stories. The king told them to bow down and worship the statue. And they said no. He said, you either bow down and worship the statue or I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And their response was a typical teenage response. I'm telling you. I have no need to answer you on this question, King. Because our God that we serve is able to save us from your fiery furnace. And even if He doesn't, 
we're still not going to bow down and worship your, your idol or your, your statue. So either way, we win and you lose. Whether we die or God saves us, we're not going to bend our knee. So the king is furious. He has the, the furnace heated up so much hotter than normal that the very men that threw them into the fiery furnace caught on fire themselves. And he's sitting there watching. And all of a sudden he looks and he says, um, how many guys did we throw in there? And they said, three. There's four guys walking around in there and one of them looks like the Son of Man. He recognized who was in there with them. And when he called them out, three of them came out. And the Bible says that there was not a hair singed. They didn't smell like smoke. There was no burn marks on their clothes. They came out just as they went in. And that's when the king realized that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the God. The only God. The God of gods. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. He, he knew that at that point. But where did that fourth guy go? Church, I'm telling you, he's still waiting to go through it when you go through that fire, when you go through that storm. He's going to be in there with you. You are not going to go through it alone. The second thing, Jesus is the light in the darkness of the storms of our life. Guys, I just want to remember the story of Moses. Moses went up on the mountain and he spent time with God. And when he came down from the mountain, the people could not even look at him because his face shined from being in the presence of God. The Shekinah glory of God reflected off of His face even after He had left His presence. Just like the moon every night reflects the light of the sun that's on the other side of the earth. The moon has no light of its own. But it reflects the light from the sun. We are to be just like that moon. In the darkest times of our storms, we are to reflect the light from the sun. S-O-N, not S-U-N. Because Jesus is the light of the world. We need to show that even at the darkest times of our lives. We need to re reflect Jesus Christ. Look what it says in Psalm 119.105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the living, breathing Word of God. Made flesh. It is Jesus that is our light. Third thing, Jesus calms the storms in our lives when we seek Him in prayer. Back at those verses in Mark, when the, it started storming, 
Who did they run to? Who did they go get? They got Jesus. They went to Jesus. Even in their limited capacity of understanding what was going on, even in their, 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 their lack of faith, they went to Jesus. We need to remember that in trying to fit, instead of trying to fix ourselves, fix things ourselves, we need to talk, take it to the only person that can. We need to seek out Jesus Christ. We need to pray to Him. We need to lay it all at His feet. Because I'm going to tell you out of personal experience, when we try to fix it ourselves, and we try to fight through that storm ourselves, we do just like Peter and we start to sink. Because we do not have the capacity to do it on our own. We do not have the capacity or the strength to fix it ourselves. But God does through the power of Jesus Christ. He does. It's in His character to take care of His children. It is in His character that He will never fail us. He will never leave us. We just have to seek Him. Remember what Scripture says? Now understand this. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel stuff here, guys. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. I'm going to tell you something. Okay, another little sidestep here. The teaching of prosperity gospel is from Satan himself. There is no such thing as prosperity gospel in the Bible. In fact, it teaches the complete opposite. The prosperity gospel tells us that if, we don't, if we're not rich, if we're not enjoying life, if we don't have everything that we desire in our lives, then we're doing something wrong, that we don't have the faith, or we're not trusting enough. If we, if we get sick, and we, we get cancer, then we're living wrong. We, we've sinned in our life, and we, 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 we don't deserve to have what God wants for us. Well, they must have not read everything that Peter went through. They must have not read everything that Paul went through. They must have not read everything that Jesus went through. Jesus Himself says, the birds have their nests and the fox has their hole, but the Son of Man has no place to lay His head. You remember that? How does that match up with the prosperity gospel? You guys realize that that these men that Jesus are in the boat with, the ones that woke Him up, the twelve that He is telling this to, that at this point He's telling them that they have no faith. That out of those twelve men, ten of them, ten of them died a martyr's death because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And all of them, up until they drew their last breath, were preaching the Gospel. In fact, James, the leader of the church of Jerusalem, not one of the twelve, but his bro- Jesus' brother James, <clears throat> was sentenced to death and beheading in Jerusalem. And as he was heading to the executioner, he was preaching the gospel. And the Roman centurion that was escorting him to his death was so moved by his preaching and his faith that he there prayed and accepted Christ on his, to save his life as his Savior. 
and then turned to the judge and he says, I too am guilty and knelt beside James to receive the same death for his faith in Jesus Christ that James was receiving. These men, the other one, the, the other two that didn't die a martyr's death was Judas. He hung himself after portraying Jesus and then John, and it wasn't because they didn't try to kill him because they actually boiled him in a, in a vat of oil, but it didn't kill him and he lived out his life in exile and died a natural death. The only disciple that died a natural death. These men suffered for the cause of Christ. They did not receive prosperity. They did not receive anything. But they prayed and they constantly sought Jesus out. And they listened to what He had to say. And he, they did what He told them. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And because they sought out Jesus. In fact, <coughs> the Bible tells us in Acts that these 12 and the, 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 the many more, the over 5,000 of them that had accepted Christ in, in, on the day of Pentecost, <clears throat> that after Peter and John had been arrested and they were told not to preach anymore about the Jesus, and they said, we're going to keep preaching. They came together and they prayed. And what they prayed is that they would receive more power from the Holy Spirit. And God answered that prayer that they, and to the point where the entire foundation of the building they were gathered in shook. Because they went to Him in prayer. Church, we need to pray to the point where our foundations get shook. Where God shows up and shows out. And we don't get that in our churches sometimes because we don't ask for it. We don't want it because we want to do things ourselves. The fourth thing, well, let me go back. Psalms 141.2 my, May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. May my prayers be a sweet, smelling offering to God. That's what it's saying. But the fourth thing, Jesus calms the storms in our lives through other Christians. You guys realize that? There is not a single one of you here by accident. God has brought us together. It just, just wasn't this one boat, but there were many boats with them. They were all together. But God, God has made us in such a way that He wants us to be together. And I'm going to tell you, there are people in this room that hurt when you hurt. There are people in this room that pray for you. There are people in this room that would give you the shirt off their back if you needed it. There are people in this room that love you despite yourself. Because there's some of you, including myself, that's not very lovable sometimes. And despite that, there are people in this room that still love you. Because God has called us together. And we are here to help each other get through these storms of life. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the biggest things... I, the one, listen. 
when Melinda passed away. God had already started this long before that, that she passed away. But Joe's wife passed away 10 years ago. Before we met Joe. But Joe and Jim had started a friendship. And they spent a lot of time together. And then when, when Melinda passed away, Joe was there to put his arm around Jim and say, I understand. You will get through this. You won't forget, but you will get through. I've seen Larry do that with people that are dealing with addictions and things, and they're fighting their way through it, and they're asking God to help, and Larry's been able to go alongside them because I understand. You will get through this. God will help you get through this. Each of us. All these storms that we've gone through is to help us be able to minister and love other people that are going through the same thing. We just have to accept that. We are to bear one another's burdens. That doesn't say that we take the burden off of them. We help them, help them bear them. We don't take the responsibility away from them. We go alongside of them and help them with it. John 14, 25-27 These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. While I've been with you. This is what I've been telling you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I am sending a comforter. Do not let your heart be troubled. I have put you together. I have brought you together. Depend on each other. As, I, as you depend on me. Trust each other. Church, we need each other. The most difficult thing that ever happened to the church in recent times has been this pandemic. Closing the doors. Meeting remotely. And it is very difficult for us to overcome that. But church, we've got to get back to where we're together. We've got to get back to where we depend on each other. Because God has called us to do something. In the midst of this storm, He has called us to be the church. To go out and make disciples. And we cannot do that without the support of each other. We cannot get through the storms of life without each other's support. We have to. But above all, we have to trust Jesus because He has not left us alone. Because He is the Master of the sea. This song was sung this past Friday at my aunt's funeral. One night above upon the sea, a ship was tossing to and fro. Breakers dashed on every hand. Angry winds around them blowed. 
all on board were filled with fright as the mighty billows rolled. Then they called upon the One who the winds and waves controlled. When He reaches down His hand, billows cease at His command. Winds and waves obey His will. When He says to them, be still. What man is this they all did say? That the wind and sea obey. He's the one who sails with me. He is the master of the sea. Though the storms of life may rage and the billows round you roll, he can calm life's troubled sea as he did in days of old. As upon life's sea you sail, trust in him who never fails. I'm so glad he sails with me. He's the master of the sea. When he reaches down his hand, Billows cease at His command. Wind and waves obey His will. When He says to them, be still. What man is this? They all did say. That the wind and sea obey. He's the one who sails with me. He's the master of the sea. Church, we serve the master of the sea. We serve the master of the storms. Trust in Him. We all deal with these storms. But Jesus Christ can calm them all. As we sing this song, if God is dealing with you today, whether it's you need to know Him as your personal Savior, or you want to come and become a part of this church body, that you, you want to follow Him in baptism. That there's an issue with somebody else that you need to go get straight. Whatever it is. Or if you just need to come and pray. Whatever it is, don't leave today without taking this opportunity to come face to face with God and do business with Him. As we sing this song, don't wait. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 447, Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, for the glory He sheds on our way, let us do His good will. He abides with us still, and with all.
being here today. I do appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, Wednesday night, 5.30 play practice. They're going to have a, a meal between play practice and, and Bible study at 6.30, but youth and children's Bible study in the youth building. Um, regular Bible study here in the, in the sanctuary at 6.30, and then choir practice at 7.45. <laughs> 7.15. Uh, don't forget that. And then in two weeks, the last Sunday of the month, um, I believe it's the 30th, the 30th, after the meal, or excuse me, not after the meal, after the morning service, we're going to have a meal in the fellowship hall, uh, potatoes and salad, baked potatoes and salad. And this is a, a another, it's a, it's a way of raising funds um, for the Baptist mission. There, there's going to be a sign up next week. The cost is just whatever, donations. Donations to help raise money for the, for the, Baptist, the North Carolina ba Baptist missions offering. Um, but that is in two weeks. Okay? So don't forget about that. And we do have a business meeting afterwards. We have a lot of, of important stuff to talk about today. But I'm going to ask... Uh, Joy, if she would dismiss us in prayer, dismiss our service, and then Jim would take over for the business meeting. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message we've heard and for you being our calm when we have problems and our peace is in you, God. We just ask you to go with us through the day and through this business meeting, God. Go with us as we go home or travel to other places and uh, just bring us back here safely on Wednesday. We ask in your name. Amen.